1: Oh my goodness oh this is gonna be the first week that I don't watch sharp objects the night it, it airs I still have only seen the first
2: episode
3: <sighs> because I've been watching Mission Impossible you films. Don't like it it's fine
2: <gasps> I've seen three of them we cer- That's how many we there are.
3: certainly won't publish this part of the conversation <laughs> uh, I don't know
1: I think it's better than big little lives uh-uh.
3: <laughs> I, I can't really speak to that one way or the other. I Why? Tell me. I need because uh, I think
1: it's the most visually exciting thing Jean-Marc Vallée has ever directed.
3: See, and to me, I watched that pilot. I'm like, yeah, it's a Jean-Marc Vallée joint. Like, it's very funny for me to hear that looks... because that's what he's always doing. Like the scattered,
2: shattered editing, the scattered style. flashbacks. And the, it just to me looks like big. It's the same thing. What like very
3: and subjective and impressionistic. What and the shots guiding.
2: are are more specific, I think, than anything
1: else. He I like does. the
3: establishing shot of um of Elizabeth Perkins quite a bit. I don't remember he's just, use, he's just using the full frame. Um, but it's... I mean, I watched that the night of, so it's been a few weeks, and I didn't... I think it was like right before Outfest, which means I didn't have my air conditioner yet. Yes, mm. that's what it was, and I was just sweating bullets, and... Fits the mood of mind... Mind gap? <laughs> wind gap. Wind what's gap. mind... What's wind gap? Oh, the town. This, this, the town. Yeah. The
2: sweaty, sweaty, Christmasina, sweaty town.
3: What? Oh, yeah, he's in it. I, see, I don't, all I remember sweat. is being miserable with the heat and thinking how... When I watched Big Little Lies, I had my windows open. There was a cool spring breeze floating through the You're air. You're just matching the I'm having climate. a glass of white wine, yeah. and I am so cozy, which actually matches that climate quite, quite well. So I really should be sweating balls yeah. while watching just Wind Gap. Just get out. yourself a, a, an iced tea. And, and drinking vodka out of a, uh, what did she drink it out of? A water bottle. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Which, by the way, like, an Evian bottle. stolen from Girl on the Train. Emily Blunt's. Uh, ad, ad, Emily Blunt would like to talk to Amy Adams' representatives for comment, please. Yeah. This, Ben's water bottle that I'm holding right here, like, you'll know the girl on the train thing, right? Uh-huh. Where Emily Blunt would fill this up with vodka, and then there's like a little straw thing. Oh, yeah. And she'd like mm. duck behind a Crouch trash can. Crouch down in like, the trash can and sip it. <laughs> like, sip a, it up. She had a straw like mine. It's, it's more back. like your
2: Camelback, yes. I feel bad that I'm not riveted by Sharp Objects. I'm watching it. I just think Amy is...
3: I mean, Amy's great. I think the best Amy's thing... great. I think the best thing that... And this is not going to go over well with some people listening to this. And first of all, huge Amy Adams fan. Should have, should have... Probably should have... I mean, she should have two by now, but I also have mm-hmm. nominated her for Enchanted. I'd have, I'd have nominated her for Catch Me If You Can. I would. She have, got
1: an Oscar nominated for Enchanted.
3: She did not. Mm-mm. Obviously, I would June have nominated bug. her for Arrival. Um, no, she didn't. Mm-mm. She was supposed Golden to. Golden Globe. Yeah. I swear that she did. She did it. But the the best thing going for Amy Adams' Emmy campaign is that everyone decided that it was her best performance before the show even started. Mm-hmm. And it's not in my opinion, but it's no. fucking great. Mm. I love when Amy's goes dark. She doesn't do it that often, and when she does, she does it better than anybody else. She can do literally anything. Yes. I really believe it. No uh
2: no. June Bug Doubt Fighter Master Hustle. Oh, Doubt Is what I'm forgetting.
1: I was like, like was it the same year? No, I was just counting in my head. Um, Brandon regarding sharp objects.
3: You just don't like him. Mm -hmm. I just I'm
2: again, I'm watching it. I will continue to watch it. It's just
3: I love I I quote Casey Musgraves. It's a slow burn. What's wrong? That sounds like a compliment to me. It's. Uh, I'm not in Patty. Me. Patty Clarkson with her acid tongue and cotillion manners. It's, it's terrifying. It is no, and it hilarious. Is. That performance is supposed to be a little bit funny too, right? I would yeah. assume so. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> good. I've only I mean, seen, seen it. one episode. That was I mean the it's, tone High Camp. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. <laughs> fucking <laughs> great. Elizabeth Perkins is doing High Camp as well. Does she? Is she like consistently in it? No. Oh. She shows up. Every, she comes to the
1: funeral. I'm obsessed so. with, yeah. the,
3: with the woman who goes to a search party and just sits next to the cooler and is like, I'm, I'm guarding the drinks <laughs> or whatever. I
2: love that scene. Yeah. <laughs> Me.
3: <laughs> oh, I love her. I've always loved her. I've loved her since I saw Big as a child. Uh, nice. Love Big. I don't mean to poop on it. I'm watching it and I'm enjoying it. Okay. Don't apologize. Live your life Live- without apology.
2: <laughs> I have so
3: much shame. Live free, Brandon. Thank or you. Die hard. Ooh, yikes. The worst. Actually, no, I never, Wrong s- franchise. I never saw a good day to die hard. <laughs> I've always That's had the Russian more one.
1: criticism of Big Little Lies than everyone else, though. You you
3: were more critical, you're saying? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Sure. And you love Amy. You yeah.
2: and her get brunch every other yeah, month. Yeah, we're best friends. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it you must sense. support well, her. Wait, well, I
3: can't. Ben, what was the text she sent you right before we recorded?
2: Oh. Tell those fags to shut the fuck up.
3: <laughs> <laughs> amy adams can say faggot yes (laughs) she wouldn't though I really enjoyed no. telling a straight friend of mine the other day. We were talking about how Millie Bobby Brown is highly overrated. And I was like, I know that you don't know about this. I'm like, but there's this thing on gay internet where Millie Bobby Brown is a raging homophob. <laughs> my favorite thing. So you yeah. know
2: the In My Feelings challenge that people were doing? No. Where like you... <laughs> I have you, no idea what this is. So it's the Drake song, In My Feelings, mm-hmm. and uh, people dance along to a moving car. And there's this one where the doors open and the car slowly goes, and there's this gay just like dancing in my feelings, and then a car like <laughs> runs him over. It's like a gag, but then the caption is, "Millie
3: Bobby Brown," added the gag. She's like running over, run, running over, uh, running over the gay like Philip Seymour Hoffman in Mission uh-huh. Impossible Three, or like Mary Louise Parker in Red Sparrow. <laughs>
2: <laughs> she's just mary louise parker and red sparrowing every gay across town yes. every gay riding a bird in west hollywood
3: i didn't know about birds until two weeks ago They're... i rode one today how was oh it's horrifying yeah Game i was fear. scooter. yeah i scooted was... there's a flock of birds there's, mm-hmm. i mean it's the fate birds fate. have descended upon west there are a few in this literally yeah, they just leave them around. Yeah, they're terrifying. I had never heard of them. And I was like very, I was hanging out with a friend in uh, West Hollywood and he was talking about it with me. And I was like, I've never heard of this. I'm like, it's just like, I don't think we get them up in Northeast LA. And he was like, oh no, I heard like Larry Mantle talk about it on AirTalk. I'm like, oh great. So like, I actually, I'm unsophisticated and stupid. Because if Larry Mantle is talking about it, <laughs> it's something that I should be aware of when it comes to what's happening. I feel happening. like it is Not to get too regional in the City of Angels. I think side, it's
2: though. in other cities. Yeah, it is. They started in Santa Monica okay. and they've spread. So what's happened is that like a, a <laughs> there's van. There's a birdemic. There's a literal birdemic. Like a van just dumped a bunch in West Hollywood. Like, like,
3: like bird shits. Yeah. Just dropping them all over the sidewalk. And how now, does the payment work? I know how it works. But you did it today so you probably can you speak just, better. You download this. the app. Mm-hmm. You scan the QR mm-hmm. code. Mm-hmm. And you do
2: Apple Pay. Mm-hmm. You just double click and you're in.
3: And how much is it a minute?
2: It's... I think it's a dollar a minute, but See, that seems that high, seems exorbitant. Yeah, I don't think I think it's cheaper than a dollar a minute. A dollar every five minutes, maybe.
3: If that makes me think about Robocop. I'd buy that for a dollar, <laughs> except I wouldn't. Um,
2: um, the one. Ver- my mom one just ver- texted ver- me. Ver- so one you, of the ver- you, you, ver- d- I you two seen. talk. I'm going to text my mom back. Mother, mother, who I? Patty Clarkson. I tweeted.
3: Mother. Yeah, my mo- yeah, of course, my mom, Patty Clarkson. Oh, yes, she. uh. Mom, I was going to make a far from heaven joke, but I'll just oh. text my mother instead.
1: She doesn't like those people around there. That's what I was going Far say. from heaven. <laughs> oh. Good movie. IMO. A... Good movie.
2: Good movie. Should How I was pull your up?
1: weekend, Brandon?
2: Oh, um...
1: <laughs> oh, God. Um... <laughs> I really threw you. <laughs> <laughs> My weekend? Oh, God. Um... Sorry, everyone. I'm eating a salad because
2: I had a long day. You were in the sun. What did I do? I saw Mission Impossible again. I watched a few Spike Lee feature films. Which ones you saw? We watched Malcolm X. I did Malcolm X. I woke up at <laughs> you woke I was up at like four a.m. I was like, I will never watch this movie unless I do it right now. Mm-hmm. I woke up at six a.m. on a Saturday and just threw it on. Three and a half hours or whatever. Three and a half hours later, it was ten a.m. I was like, oh my god. Um, what else did I watch? I did Chirac and then I did Bamboozled. Mm.
3: I want to ask you what you thought about Chirac, but we're talking about that on the mic in yeah, a couple of weeks. Yeah, so I'll save it. So save it. But i it's very good, Zero. Very out of the box, Zero. Very
2: unique. That's such a
3: lame word. I thought it was that's really the, unique. That's, that's
2: the worst. Though. It is. It's that's the l- worst word I mean, to describe that movie. I, I
3: just said one of a kind, which is literally what unique means. <laughs> it's, it's. It took me
2: like. 15 minutes into the movie to realize they're they're rhyming Mm -hmm. i was was like wait wait a minute yes oh yeah it's so good it's so it really is we got a greek tragic comedy going on yeah we got a one-man chorus going on oh yeah it's quite it's quite substantial i agree um it's a major i think it's a major i mean i haven't seen a lot of this filmography but it feels like a major lee that got overlooked in 2015,
1: I would say so.
3: I agree. I also think that Tiona Paris should have been nominated for Best Actress. Ugh. Ugh. I, I don't want to say. too not year... that the content of the film? Because we'll talk about it soon. Right,
2: we have an episode. But wasn't that the same year she was her character was like blowing up on Mad Men, or like around um, the same time? Um, I can't remember. I think Mad Men. Cause I feel like she had like a moment. Mad
3: Men would have ended um, in that spring, 2015. I remember watching the last right. episode in my college town because I was at a graduation two years after mine, so it would have been 2015, and that movie came out in December. So so I think her Man. season would have been season six of Mad Men. So this was more spaced out than I'm thinking. But I mean, yeah. Mad Men ended that year, and she was on the show till the end, yeah. so mm-hmm. it was, this was her. And not even her big leap into movies because she should have been nominated for Dear White People and Supporting Actress the previous year. I mm-hmm. IMO. I am the Title of the podcast IMO. Love to have opinions and just share them, <laughs> discuss them, enlighten each other from them, just to feel it's just, just nice to laugh sometimes,
2: you know. It is.
3: I just love to now laugh. more than ever. It's so important to find the joy where we can. Wow,
4: wouldn't you
2: agree, Brandon? Uh, you know, I really, really would. Where did you find joy this weekend? <laughs> Literally seeing Mission Impossible. Yes. I'll tell you who found joy was the woman sitting next to me. Ugh. She was having so much fun. And I it made the movie even better. Because she Was she laughing? She well she was reacting. She was a fan of the franchise, but mm. also a huge Angela Bassett fan. So mm, she nice. was applauding her name the credits, her first appearance and her name in the post credits.
3: Then please just get this Make out. Make the call. Yeah, and then say the other thing, just get it out of the way now cuz I think I'm going to want to say it a thousand more times during the inter- during the interview, the episode. So, <laughs> folk that's
1: the job.
3: That's the job zero. That's the job.
1: Uh. But
2: c- I want to finish talking about this lady.
3: Yeah, of course.
2: When the theme song kicks in. This is mm. her in her seat. This is not a visual medium, but she was going, bum,
3: bum, bum,
4: bum.
2: Ah! She was really jigging. She yes. was jiggling Brent, in her Brandon, seat. Brandon is jigging right now from and side, then, to side And then she did a lot of, mm, 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 mm. <laughs> <laughs> Like when the, when the, to be fair, same. <laughs> when the hook mm, flies yes, and, and clamps yeah. on the, and the, and the helicopter yeah. carriage, boom. Boom. The theater was all like, like an exhale of yeah. like laughter, but she was like, mm, mm, mm.
3: <laughs> "I love that." I had a moment in the bathroom fight, and I, I don't want to say too much because we'll get into talking about all of this. But when Henry Cavill rips the pipe out from underneath the sink like a hog, <laughs> oh. I involuntarily yelled, "What!" <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> that is a shocking moment. I mean Easter Eastern, he Eastern promises <laughs> wishes. Uh-huh. I thought of Easter promises during that fight scene. scene.
3: It's mm, very yeah. it's like, sorry. Except they're not nude. Sorry, Eastern promises. Yeah, that's the oh my can you imagine if they were nude. If the Mission Impossible Fallout Bathroom <laughs> fight was between naked Henry Cavill, Tom Cruise can keep his clothes on. <laughs> But then the other guy, who's also pretty hot, yeah, pretty yeah. spilt, yeah. Those two guys can be the nude. fake
1: John Lark decoy,
3: mm-hmm. yes. Which I heard as John Locke, even though I knew no. it was Lark, mm-hmm. I kept registering it as Locke because yeah. Bra J. J. Abrams kept saying is it. a computer. Well, a they're a the apostles, so like it makes sense mm-hmm. to lean into some sort of enlightenment thinkers. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um- okay, shut up. <laughs> 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 Bert, why don't you? Why don't you bring us? Why don't you? Ben, what is our mission? Well, I just wanted to ask If we choose to accept it. Did
1: the woman react when he plows into Rebecca Ferguson on the motorcycle and he's in the car? Did she... I
2: think that was the one moment she didn't. Probably because it's in the trailer. She probably had seen true. it. I only saw
3: the trailer one time. So that I, that that knocked me for a loop, to quote uh, mm. noted film scholar Peter Travers. Oh, what did and he give this movie? I, was was a, he knocked I'm for sure, a loop? I'm sure I knocked him for five out of five loops. <laughs> but I was so relieved to see him run over Rebecca Ferguson. Because that's sort of a problem I have with Rogue Nation, which I don't have many problems with that he would have never spared her life at all if she was a man and so it's sort of right. like i find the the woman issues in the mission impossible movies annoying more, more than like problematic i just think that's like you're doing everything else so well why does Rugnace every Nation lady... was I, the best one interest. so far until fallout is now the
1: best
2: one yeah and i think i think christopher McQuarrie, with the creation of Ilse faust solves for the most part, Mission Impossible's woman problem. I mean, she I, still becomes a romantic interest by the end, but she holds her own. She and is like, so
3: <laughs> she's so captivating. She's mm-hmm. a star. I yeah. think that Mission Impossible's woman problem is very splotchy, and that it's or that's the wrong word. It, it's certainly. Um, I don't think every film has. Has a problem with its female characters. I think it's sort of all over the place, depending on which one you're talking about. Yeah, and I actually hate the way that Ilsa ends up being resolved in Fallout. Hate is a strong word, but she's just. And we, I will talk about it when we get into it. But I think if you have to give anybody credit, as sort of, I think you'd have to give it to um, Rebecca. No, to Paula Patton. Oh, Oh. see, I don't. Paula Patton didn't do it for me. I'm, I'm just saying that character has no dimension of love interest. True. Which True. is the first yeah. in the universe. Although Kristen Scott Thomas also is not a love interest. Right. But the, um, I can't remember the actress's name, but the uh, John Voigt's wife. But even then, she's, right. she's a wife, you know? Right. Yeah. Paula Patton is the first, like, completely independent woman in the franchise you're right I just wish ben, I don't need that though no that's fine I, She's. I've. are you kidding me I much prefer Rebecca Ferguson mm-hmm. but Ben what is our mission if we choose to accept <gasps> it
1: today we are here to talk about Mission Impossible Fallout what's,
3: Ben what is the name of the mission if we choose to accept it I don't know what is the name of the mission that we've done now for 45 weeks in a row <gasps>
1: <gasps> what's the name of the podcast oh hello <laughs> <laughs> This is Movies IMO. My name is Ben Empey.
3: My name is Daniel Crook. Brandon Kirby.
1: We are here to talk about Mission Impossible. Kurt. Was
3: it? No, Brandon.
1: No, I know. Brandon Kirby.
3: I'm just Josh, and I'm just Josh Holloway, and uh, cold open star of Ghost Portugal.
2: Uh, Star of ABC's Lost. Lost.
3: Love Sawyer. And I love the restaurant Sawyer and Silver Lake, not to get too regional. Tossing it back to you.
2: I don't know her.
1: Um, I'm just going to chew into the microphone.
2: <laughs> Do it. I mean, you- probably we have these high-def mics so people yeah.
1: can hear chewing. And
3: also, you're the editor, so, like, it would be your call.
1: Oh, I mean, I'm not going to touch it. I
3: know, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> um, This is a movie. It is
1: a movie. Uh, this is the sixth Mission Impossible movie. I think it's more of a TV show. Mm. Oh, yeah. It's about- let me see if I can do this, because <laughs> plot is very hard for me, everyone.
3: Also, You're I mean... you
2: trying to sum up
1: only I, Fallout, or the, I, you the, know the franchise?
3: Let, let me make a quick point while you get your thoughts together. So for me, that's going to be about a 10-minute point. So just work on the plot. I What I love about the Mission Impossible franchise is that plot is so irrelevant to mm-hmm. the cinematic experience, and I love the franchise for that. Fallout gives me a plot that I'm actually invested in and mm-hmm. I didn't know what I was missing. Mm-hmm. It yeah. does it doesn't make me like any of the other films less. Like Rogue Nation is so convoluted when it comes to what it actu- what its actual narrative is, but I just don't give a shit because the propulsion of it is so intoxicating and so fucking sexy. And Fallout actually has a plot. <laughs> it does. <laughs> that you Ooh. can that is coherent that you can keep up keep up with. That's uh that's Uh, it's a it's a great script wow
2: wow it's a great script i think i think rogue nation is also a great script and i think the storyline is very great and easy to follow in that one as well i think it is too i
3: just think that it's irrelevant at a certain point Mm, see I i have a bit of a problem with
1: rogue nation script because i think at a certain point it asks you to really start caring after like an hour and a half of not. really.
3: You know scary. what I love about Rogue Nation is it's the only it's Fair. the only one like from three four that's like you don't have to care about Ethan Hunt's wife and his relationship yeah. to his wife. This is only about the mission, and I yeah. love it for that. Yeah, me too. It's, it's my least favorite thing about the the last four Mission Impossible okay. movies is is how much that wife. Yeah, ties even in. though I am so fascinated and like empathetically drawn to the idea of Ethan Hunt feeling. Not, or not not worthy of love. Mm-hmm. Like, it's so moving to me. Mm-hmm. And as an action hero, that is such a vulnerable place to put your protagonist. But at yeah. the same time, I'm like, I hate this.
2: I was actually... Again, hate is a strong word. I was a little irked when Fallout opened, reintroducing the wife. And I was mm-hmm. like, I thought we closed... Thought we closed that chapter. But the way... Michelle Monahan's she's character ends zero. up being used and yes. not uh, she she becomes a fully she becomes very involved like in the mm-hmm. story and I think she is used she's brought back with good reason she's not I
3: a agree. captive or a victim as she is in Mission Impossible 3 for instance right
2: but she does shoot
3: the gun in Mission Impossible 3 which is very exciting. after he's like you put it did you just stick the next cartridge in it's like the batteries in the flashlight in the kitchen I'm like you're oh doing your David Lynch voice for
4: Tom
1: Cruise <laughs>
3: Naomi it's like the flashlight in the
1: kitchen next to the microwave and the kitchen aid mixer
2: my favorite scene in Mission Impossible 3 is Billy Crudup in the aisles in the snack aisles
3: okay i'm doing uh, like your I'm, I'm directing, directing traffic on on the tarmac we really didn't know what to do with Billy Crudup for a good 10 years, did we? Nope.
1: <laughs> like, I think we still don't, even though he, he had...
3: 20th century women. He had one incredible yeah. performance. We still don't we know. We finally saw him in yeah. something. But it's just like generic white male bureaucrats. Mm-hmm. And also something that, something that recurs throughout the Mission Impossible universe is like, if it's a new cast member and they're a white man... And they're also new to the mission. Mm -hmm. Expect them to be a turncoat of some kind. Correct. Mm -hmm. In every single one, almost. Mm -hmm. And I'm not
2: complaining. (laughs) The formula works. The formula works. Okay, here's
3: the plot. Yes, the plot. I told you you'd have plenty of time.
1: Um, It's Ethan's mission that he chooses to accept. But do you always have to choose, Ethan? Do you choose (laughs) to? Have you ever? Have you ever? Just do the Lynch voice again. (laughs) Naomi, Imagine your if you choose played, to accept it—what's his him. name? The leader of the syndicate. <laughs> I am the leader of the syndicate, Gordon Cole. <laughs> Imagine him in the the armored car scene, as the water like comes over. And Rebecca, <laughs> you have the
3: most beautiful eyes I've ever seen, like two starry stars
1: of the cosmos. Now turn to Tom Cruise and say, "That was Elsa." That was Elsa.
2: (laughs) Interesting.
1: (laughs) Naomi. (laughs) So there's a guy Ah. in the world named John Lark. He has. John Fart. Speaking of birds. John Fart, says Brandon. (laughs) (laughs) He has written a manifesto. They keep referring to the manifesto in the first 20 minutes. Wolf Shetzer reads manifesto. it on the air. The manifesto that before a great peace must come a great suffering. So he tries to get, is it plutonium, uranium? I think it's pluton. Pl- 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 Krypton. Yes, tries to get some Super- Krypton af- to make after all. the rabbits. but of- Three of- bowls. Bowls. Three balls. <laughs> I'm sure you awake. opened them up that you have, like, two bowls. I've been awake for so long today, and I was in the sun all day. got a suitcase day. just full ben of balls. all <laughs> day, honey. <laughs> I, I, when, I, don't,
2: I agree. I'm we should just call it. This is, we're <laughs> done. This is great. Um, it's a five-star film. So, Good night, everyone. Tom Cruise, Ethan Hunt. Just, just refer to him as Tom Cruise. Ethan Hunt <laughs>
1: has to get the plutonium before the apostles do mm-hmm. but what does he do he chooses the life of his friend luther in mm-hmm. the moment of crisis just call him vingrams <laughs> and, the <laughs> and the he saves ving and the plutonium gets away on its hind, Mysteriously. <laughs> <laughs> hind legs. Mysteriously. <It, laughs> oh, my God. It literally like grows legs like, and like, walks away. It's like away from the ottoman from, the from creature. Beauty and the Beast. Oh. And just, like, <laughs> trotting away with say little wooden the, legs. the frog bug creature <laughs> from the nuclear waste in Twin Peaks. <laughs> oh, correct. Yes, there he Frogs and
3: flies. I forgot about that part. Oh, God. Again, we have to I do another Twin Peaks. Another Twin about every, Star every Star night Star before I go to
2: sleep. Imagine it crawling into your mouth before you soundly soundly sleep. Is
1: that Leland Palmer's mother becoming impregnated with Bob to someday give birth? That's a very good question. I've seen that. We'll answer it in March.
2: See you in March for part two. We'll see you in March.
1: See you again in twenty-five years. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
2: we'll we'll follow this up. I'm doing Laura Hands. Meanwhile, can I do the Laura eye twitch? Oh, very good, Zero. Thank you. I love twitching. Um.
1: So then, Angela Bassett gets fucking pissed. She's like, "What the the fuck? I'm just gonna go through the plot scene by scene. Please do. If the credit sequence does it, you can do it now. You're right and true. Yeah. And then, uh, uh, whoa, uh, uh, duh. Well, Angela what? Bassett isn't pissed yet because Angela Bassett gets pissed after pretty pissed after, after from the get-go. no after the credits. We haven't gotten to the credits in the way that I've told this story. Oh my bad. I skipped the hosp- the fake hospital scene, which for
3: me is like a very important
2: moment. It is.
1: I forget. I guess I forget what he's a physicist from Sweden and he had the plutonium. I yes,
2: don't. and he like turned over the plans. Okay, or whatever. So to Wolf Blitzer, <laughs> whatever.
1: That's the plot. Then they have to get the plutonium. They call themselves the apostles. So then it's a race to get the plutonium before the bombs go off in the world.
3: Correct. That's the film. And then about That's 50 the bombs go off in your heart and your mind and your soul and your entire body and, and in, in your pants? throughout how the 7-hour runtime and how many warring your factions
1: <laughs> are there in this movie? Huh? Like how many warring factions? It's spy are there? versus <laughs> spy, but it's spy versus spy versus spy versus spy. You've got the CIA. You've got you've got the IMF, Apostles, you you've got
2: IMF, got IMF and you have Henry Cavill's mustache. Henry Cavill's forearms you have Vanessa Kirby as Switzerland
1: Max's Max's Mm -hmm. daughter
3: how great is that by the way that she's playing Vanessa Redgrave's daughter
2: I know you know who told me that detail was
3: what yeah. Yeah. Max I didn't how did the you, first one. did you pick up on that? Yes. Oh. I had to be told. Oh, oh, oh. That's like the the funeral service or whatever. Why the the, the benefits that they're I going to the, first, no the Neither did I. I had to be told. But it's great because oh. they're really casting Vanessa Kirby, future Emmy award winner Vanessa Kirby, who mm-hmm. by the way, I've not seen all of The Crown but the I I my I randomly over the holidays like my dad happened to be watching the two episode the the big arc. Maybe it's one episode the big arc with Vanessa Kirby and mm-hmm. Matthew Good. She's stunning. Stunning. She's so good. She's yeah. gonna win the Emmy. But to, to put to her watch in the, the lineage Crown now
2: because of her,
3: I almost started it last night. She's but...
1: also a star. She's Didn't great. Tell in this
2: movie uh, when she pulls out the knife. Mm. Mm. <laughs> mm.
3: Mm. But I just love that the film mm. puts her directly in the lineage of British acting royalty. Uh-huh. Yes, you're right. How did you catch that? I because totally I am a big it. fan of the first Mission Impossible. And you watched it pretty recently. I watched it a day or two before I saw okay. Fallout, so
2: it was pretty fresh.
1: I watched pretty it fresh.
3: What? I watched it
1: two days before we went and saw it. Hmm. Oh
2: well, it's, a, it's 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 easy to. But miss, again, I
1: feel like plot is hard for me. <laughs> there, funny. I the second time I saw Fallout, I noticed the second like the the mission was, was getting explained via the book, mm-hmm. I realized I haven't, I'm have i not paying attention. Like, I just automatically check out Shut when exposition This happens. is what I'm saying about how it's the exposition is so
3: meaningless in so many of the Mission Impossible movies, especially the last couple. And again, Fallout, I think, actually gives you a reason to pay more attention to it, but it's just beside the point. Like, oh, okay, so I guess we're going to go to Russia in this mm-hmm. one, and Ethan is trying to stop... Philip Seymour Hoffman from detonating some sort of disease. Like, mm-hmm. I don't give a shit. Right. Oh, like, yeah. Take yeah. me to the top of a mountain and jump off of it, Tom Cruise. Yeah, like three, two.
2: I have no idea what the fuck's going on in that one. I t- Three yeah. and four, I'm like, Ugh. Mm-hmm. But I mean, once we hit Rogue, I'm following the plot. I don't know it, it what gives it a changes. Much, no, it gives it
3: a much bigger sense of stakes, a much... It it, it kind of plays into the Daniel Craig Bond films, and that it's... Yeah, we're it's talking, character. and It's character, but it's also like, it's war without nations. Uh-huh. It is terrorist syndicates that are operating independently. It becomes the stakes, you're right. The yeah. stakes are higher. But it's, they're just more, it's more clearly defined. Yes. Whereas in, in two, it's like, a scientist has had a disease stolen from him, and like I don't even... Oh yeah, it's it's a uh, Dugray Scott, I guess, is the villain in, in Mission Impossible 2. But it's like is that his, his yeah. real name. I think or it's Dugray Scott. No, I think it's okay. the actor's name. I truly don't. Who, know. he was supposed to play Cyclops in X Men and signed up for MI two instead. Well, nice. But in Mission Impossible three, choices. in Mission Impossible three, there's a joke at the end of the film between between Lawrence Fishburne and Tom Cruise when Cruise mm-hmm. is like. By the way, like they've spent the whole movie chasing this rabbit's foot is what it's called. It's an it's a clear MacGuffin, um, but the movie is is just moving so quickly that it never pauses Mm -hmm. to to put like to consider what that is. And so at the end of the film and like the last scene, basically, Tom Cruise is wrapping up a conversation with, like, CIA director or whatever, Lawrence Fishburne. He's like, by the way, what is The Rabbit's Foot? Mm-hmm. And it's the joke that it's, like, you just watched a whole... It, it's all about, like, the MacGuffin mechanics yeah. of a film. And I not, remember As an audience where you will just pay attention and watch, mm-hmm. knowing that there is a shiny object that we are in pursuit of. Yeah. doesn't matter what the specifics in the geopolitics... That's
1: very J.J. feeling clever with himself. I, and, I don't, yeah. and I don't love it. Yeah. But... But that's yeah. but
3: that is a nice summation, and I think that of what that's a lot, of, a lot of what
1: the problem is in uh, the middle movies is <clears throat> that they feel really being clever. How do we, with we want to yourself? Things, oh, Should we just do it popcorn style?
3: Do we want to talk about Fallout first and then go film let's, by film Let's or? do Fallout yeah. first.
2: Can I introduce something with Fallout? Yes. Because um, you guys have watched the others more recently, is it true that Ethan Hunt? Throughout the series, he has a thing where, like, he, he
3: has a different haircut in every. Movie. He has a different yes, haircut correct. in every movie. He's the fifth Beetle in Rogue Nation. <laughs> yes, or the sixth, Pete Best. He um, he doesn't.
2: I mean, obviously, he kills people just by happenstance. Like, he kicks a guy out of a helicopter. That guy's going to die. But he didn't. He doesn't ever intentionally point blank shoot anyone to kill them. Is that mm. that's a James to Bond? Say? Oh
3: no, that's a. Uh, which superhero or which action star is it that doesn't kill? Is that Bond? I think it's Ethan Hunt. It's not no no it's not Ethan Hunt because I don't know. He I, he doesn't like aim for the leg all the time. I he, I think that Ethan Hunt
1: Ethan Hunt throws two people from the helicopter.
2: Yeah. <laughs> right. So he's killing people but he never like point blank Shoot. shoots to kill. Um. Or does he see if he does? Then my points ruined.
3: No, no, make the point. I, I, because I think it'll probably still work. Ethan Hunt is conflicted, and that he cares so much about his friends and his wife, and wants to just. I mean, at the end of the day, in my opinion, he's compassionate. All Ethan Hunt wants to do, apart like if if saving the world is not on the agenda, all Ethan Hunt wants to do is kick back with a couple of brews with buddies, mm-hmm. laugh, make each other feel good, mm-hmm. go and of- go to bed.
1: Ghost Protocol,
3: or in the end of three, or yeah, exactly
1: before exactly we but, get the button but with more, Michelle Monaghan.
3: But more than that, which is Stella Dallas, by the way. Uh, in the yes. f- in, in the first Mission Impossible, we meet Ethan like on the mission. But the first time we meet Ethan, no, no, no. I don't know. But the first time we meet Ethan with like all the other agents together, they're all sitting at the table and Ethan is like cracking wise and he's like, John Void,
4: mm-hmm. they probably
3: put you up in some fancy hotel. Where'd they put you this time? Oh, we're just the grunts down here doing the busy work. Oh like, yeah. All yeah. he wants to do is chill. Yes. All he wants to do is fucking. He loves chill. his friends. He but he feels the burden of so, saving the world. Exactly. So this is I whatever you're gonna say, I wonder if that still applies, whether or not he shoots to kill. Like, I think it does. He has he's just, not a sociopath. Right. So there's, there, the, and James Bond might. He, he just wants
1: everyone to be able to chill with their friends,
3: right? Yes, that's just what chilling with friends. That's why he's trying to save the world. The he s- just wants to chill
2: and grow. The mm-hmm. scene that really encapsulates the heart of Fallout, aside from like all the action and like all this, is the when he goes. Pieces. Don't make me laugh. Cut to black. <laughs> Don't make I make me love. Sing. <laughs> I love that ending. But it's the scene with. Um, they've just done the big heist. They have. Uh, what's the evil guy's name? Lane, 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 yes. Lane in the car, and then they open the garage, and there's that French yes. female officer, and mm-hmm. they don't know what to do with her, and um, he tries to get her to leave. He tries to get her to leave. Just go on, go on, and then they get. She gets shot by these thugs, and then he like pauses for a moment, and then guns, executes them. Executes them all three, and I feel like that's the first time you ever see him making that drastic of like. With a gun. Uh, with a gun. I think... Point blank, shoot to kill. He just execute execu- execution style, like, took down these guys because he had to and because the whole movie at the point of Fallout is, like, he's beyond... These circumstances are so extreme, mm-hmm. even, even for him, that he's willing to, like, he just has to do things that he's never done before. It... it yeah. over the course what, of six movies whether like, or
3: not it's the first i think the dynamics in that scene are so clearly set up like yeah. officer who is actually sort of the lamb of the scene mm-hmm, mm-hmm. three predators and then tom cruise like that we have that triangle of power so that's the choice that he's making in this moment is yeah. to just fucking kill these people to right. save this other person which, which is what a lot of the movie is about like yeah. uh, that he, just he, the circumstances he, Ethan are Hunt cares so... just as much about saving everybody as he does the one person right yeah
2: i just think um just the circumstances being so. He's always in insane situations, but mm-hmm. in this one, like emotionally for him, yeah. it's so such an internal battle. I think this yeah. it's, it's well, the most character driven of the impossibles.
3: It's Ethan Hunt is getting the Skyfall Spectre treatment yes. in this film. Yes. Did you listen to yeah.
1: the IndieWire Tool Kit podcast yeah. interview with Christopher McQuarrie, mm-hmm. and he talks about? during the filming of Rogue Nation uh, Tom went up to Christopher McQuarrie and said I'm not connected to this character or this story anymore mm-hmm. and Christopher McQuarrie like went into doing six with I will never have him ask me that question like say that to me mm. again if we yeah. make another movie mm. and that's See, exactly that's that's because, because it's what I love
3: so much about Rogue Nation is like it's not about like it's not so much about Ethan's emotionality Tom mm-hmm. was unsatisfied right but I mean, what I what Fallout. One of the things Fallout gets at when it comes to Ethan's character is about Tom as an actor. Like he will mm-hmm. do anything. He mm-hmm. will put himself in the line of fire if it means giving. He the also audience just what wants to want.
1: chill with
3: Scientologists. Uh, <laughs> correct. Well, <laughs> do we want to talk about that now or <laughs> the
2: Scientology
3: of it all? I don't think we need to. Okay. No, well, let's l- not. well Yeah, we all understand we, that. We Yeah. Under- I mean, I. I mean, I think Tom Cruise is supporting one of the most evil empires
2: in the world. Um, But I think he's been brainwashed for so long that, like, yes, he's extremely complicit and he's the problem, but, like...
3: We don't need to have... No, I agree. We don't have to have a conversation about it. It's just, like, he... It's just who he is. It's ingrained, and it's been there for so long. Well, then, I'll just, to keep this going, I'll bounce back to what I was saying. Like, Fallout, to me, is so much about the actor's commitment and the price of performing and the weight of that responsibility. Mm -hmm. There's the moment when in the helicopter scene, the helicopter chase at the end, when Benji or someone, Simon Pegg, or someone on the radio is saying to Tom, like, can you do this? Can you do this? And he's like, yes, I've got it. Don't worry about it. Like, Mm -hmm. I've got it. And that, to me, is like Tom Cruise as an actor. Yeah, totally. Like Even though he knows what he's doing may just kill him, he is never going to say, I can't do it. I'm always going to show up and hit my mark and give an audience what they want and give my director what they want. He just wants to please everybody. He's yeah. one of the hardest working he's, men in show. He may show be the business. greatest showman. Right. Oh. And that's hello. what and interests him.
1: It's not high art. He, he's, I mean, he's just I mean, interested. It, it in, kind of is, though, right? He, yeah, he's just interested in audience engagement and that gets like ties into this like Hitchcocky and billy wilder like a thing with art and film art specifically about it like being for the people and that like that is its own craft to be able to please an audience the way that these movies do and that a lot of tom cruise movies do and they're just beloved and like that's something he takes great pains to
3: Satisfying. I was watching an episode of of Nathan for you this morning, and the the episode is when Nathan wants to scientifically prove that he's fun to (laughs) to hang out with. Have you seen this one?
1: I don't remember it, but I have seen them all. He
3: he finds a strictly platonic, uh, like a connection, like a guy to hang out with under the strictly platonic section of Craigslist. I do remember that. Surreptitiously snatches the man's urine. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> has it tested and then goes and then convinces him to get a blood test at the end of their hangout where they go hat shopping and then they go go kart racing and then they go get a blood test because why not do something random? Mm-hmm. And the idea is so that he can measure the dopamine levels. <laughs> and this guy oh my God. just scientifically prove that I he, Nathan that. Fielder, is a fun person to hang out with. Mm-hmm. And I think that's sort of what Tom Cruise is yes. doing in these movies with the escalation of stunts, mm-hmm. like you know. Don't look under your seat during these movies. He is probably collecting your urine or <laughs> sticking a needle in, in you and pulling out a blood sample. But what was your adrenaline? But that's like? his mission. Like okay. he is going to show you the best hang that you have had, and going, he's going to more than that prove that he still has it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's fifty-six. I don't think that's what the Henry Cavill character is all about. But if you don't think that Tom Cruise double negative, wasn't approaching the Henry Cavill relationship on screen as like, I have to go out of my way to prove that I am a better movie star than this guy. Mm -hmm. It can be cordial. It doesn't have to be adversarial. Right. But you know, somewhere in his brain, Tom Cruise is looking to make sure that he is still the dominant action star, movie star personality in this movie and he's competing with the biggest man on earth, the t- yeah. my favorite indie musician, the tallest man on earth over here, mm. yeah. Henry Cavill.
2: The, uh, the Henry Cavill character is just so
3: good. So huge and that he is huge. Literally he's just, huge. He's just
2: literally huge. I just love, I mean, Angela Bassett said it like, you're a scapel, here's a hammer. And yeah. just like it's just so great. It's so it's so obvious, but it works so well that like they, they're they're the mission styles. They're yeah, foils. And it and like that whole bathroom scene is built from character. I mean Christopher McCorrey talked about that in the toolkit thing. It's like the way they approach the fake John Lark. Mm-hmm. And, like, the fact that Henry Cavill, when Henry Cavill uses goes his to laptop, recharges his arms, but when he smashes his face with the laptop, it's yeah, like he ruined the technical the aspect of, yeah, the mask. Um, what else do I want to say about the Henry Cavill?
1: I want to say encounter. something about Henry Cavill <gasps> yes, and about the bathroom scene. Yes. I think it's um, it's a testament to Tom's care about the quality of the movie over himself and his ego Mm -hmm. that there he gets to be the butt of the joke quite a bit in that scene in particular Mm -hmm. yeah and that Mm -hmm. he's not afraid to Play
3: his age. Yes, I would argue that by playing his age, he is still upstaging. Like, yes. And I, 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 don't, I don't want to misrepresent my point. I'm not saying that Tom Cruise's ego is what is fueling his performance. No, in I, his know. Ability, I know. In, that's in his you desi- I know, but his desire to, I'm saying this more for our audience, but like his desire to make these movies, to make him the center of it. But the fact that now he makes himself, he lets himself do the old man joke while still climbing up a rope on a helicopter right Like yeah. he, he's able to have his cake and eat it too
2: and there's moments where like it mirrors reality where like tom Cru- that's actually tom cruise like playing probably oh. playing with his age a little bit but like ethan it works for like ethan hunt the character too because like i said earlier like his circumstances are so extreme like mm-hmm. this is the first mission where i he feels like really in over his head yeah. Like this john lark thing which should have been so simple if this was Mission Impossible 3 mm-hmm. suddenly is like the hardest thing and thank God. And when isn't. he got that moment when he's on his knees and he just goes <sighs> and he's just like yeah. okay I'm gonna ram this guy through a fucking wall mm-hmm. and, when and he like
3: died, what I love about that scene is then it cuts to we didn't know she was there but Angela Bassett is just there <laughs> this is not a good joke that <laughs> <laughs> he was waiting to exhale <laughs> God damn it. Oh,
2: God. (laughs) That's it. That's our show, everyone. See you next week. (laughs) Bye. Um, But just Ah! finishing off that, uh, it also happens in the helicopter. When he's officially in over his head, Simon Pegg's like, can you fly a fucking helicopter? And he's like, uh, yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's that's the moment I was bringing up. Yeah. Okay. um, yeah. Yeah. It's like he... He doesn't know. But he's never
3: going to say that he can't do it. Right. He's exactly. going to hit his mark, and that's and he's Ethan going to... Hunt,
2: and that's Tom Cruise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean,
3: I tweeted, I think that this would make a great double feature with Holy Motors, which neither of you have seen, so I don't want to go that too far. That made me want to see. Holy I don't want to go too far in, but when it comes to just the responsibility of having to. Perform mm-hmm. for the world and be changing your face throughout the day and to have an, a limitless supply of adrenaline. You don't get a break. Maybe limitless you get five starring minutes. Starring Bradley Cooper. Correct. <laughs> limitless, starring Bradley Cooper, directed by Bradley Cooper. Anyway, I don't want to say anything else, but also like the European locations. Holy Motors and Mission Impossible mm. Fallout is a good double feature, let mm. me tell you. I already wanted to see Holy Motors. Now I want to see it even more. Starring, and you know, it's. Um, Denis, uh, it's the, the it's uh, the second greatest smell performance of all time. Denise Vaughn and Holy Motors. Uh, and you know, of course know what the first greatest smell performance of all time is. Danielle Vaughn and Boche mm-hmm. I Love that.
2: That's right. I love that. Whew.
3: I mean, like, <laughs> now so, we need to talk it. I've made that joke break. like ten times. I think I usually flip it. You do. Yeah.
1: Well, it, it can just be whichever one. You're currently talking about is number two. Yes, and this has been another episode of like behind the bit
2: because we always talk behind about the I, so that's why it ends up being that. Yeah. Can I have a video game sidebar or should I not go there yet? Please, I
3: mean it's going to be a monologue, it. but we can get, we can get Shakespearean. <laughs> I haven't played a video game in ten years, years but go. I just for wait. It. Hold on. You want monologue or Ben and I can go in the other room and it could be a soliloquy. Which would you prefer? <laughs> I'll do a soliloquy. Oh, just I know what I, what I want, want to say. say but...
2: <laughs> no, just really quick. For the gamers listening, there are no gamers listening. <laughs> there there are, might there be. There are dozens of us. There's this video game franchise. I've eat? been <laughs> eating during this <laughs> section. Just a quick, very quick, I'll be quick. There's a video game franchise called Uncharted. Nathan Drake, uh, th- there's always been a movie version that want, like the fans want to get made. They want Nathan Fillion to play the role of Nathan Gra- Drake. Uh, there was already a short film made where Nathan Fillion fills the role of Nathan Drake. Wow. Anyway. There's wow. a feature film, a lot of directors were attached, writers were attached, it keeps falling through. and they and Has
3: Francis Lawrence at any point been attached? <laughs>
2: Probably, <laughs> actually. <laughs> and um, the, the thing about the Uncharted games is that there are
3: huge
2: uh, action set pieces. The scale of Fallout, the helicopter, hmm. the helicopter carcass... Banging down a cliff as
1: a carcass—it's the shell of this. So I think of it as the Matterhorn, and you're in like a tube (gasps) shooting through a snowy tube. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry, I just had to say that. And Henry
2: Cavill plays the Yeti.
1: Yes. Yes. Sorry. Continue.
2: Uncharted Two opens with a scene that very much mirrors. That whole helicopter thing. Mm-hmm. So it's like we've gotten our Uncharted movie, and it's called Mission Possible Fallout. Thank you now, so did, much. When are we going
3: to get our Fallout movie? Is my question. Fallout the game. Play Uncharted two, but, but my joke is that there isn't there a video game called Fallout. There is. Okay, that's the joke. This has been another conclusion of <laughs> uh, concluding another Gamers installment of IMO. behind the bits.
2: <laughs> All right, gamer IMO is over. Thank you so much for listening. Anyway,
3: I just love this, this movie. Okay. This movie reminds me so much of Red Dead Redemption. Um, Look uh, at you, gaming referencing uh, the adventures of Zelda, Shut the up. Legend of Zelda. <laughs> Shut up. <Aww. laughs>
2: Red Dead Redemption. This
1: movie.
3: You're like no one's talked about Red Dead Redemption. Yes.
1: Further evidence coming out that the yes. French are homophobes.
2: I love that moment. <laughs> When,
1: what the, when they sing the, Le'Veon
3: Rose" and the ben bathroom, ben and the bathroom stall.
2: Oh yes,
3: I when love they, that moment. Oh,
2: I read them as gay. Oh, no, yeah. no, no, they're
3: harassing. Yeah. Them. Oh, that's sad. I read it as the French are homo. That's those. just. A, I just think that's a <laughs> smart moment to include that. Like to think if someone walked in right now and saw three guys in the stall together, and at this douchey fucking party, mm-hmm. they're gonna incite something that will lead to a hate crime. Yeah. Like I thought that was a really smart choice mm-hmm. and visceral and scary. And then, of course, like in the woke stall, they're like, okay, give me a fucking break. Like, I just love how woke they are in this stall. They're like, this is fucked up. (laughs) And it's not because they think we're gay, but because they're marginalizing a very large quotient of our society right now. Yes. Even though Scientology doesn't believe in it. Oh. Wow. Do you want to... Should we talk about uh, stunt queen Tom Cruise or... Should yeah. we get that out of the way? Haven't we already? We sort of have already. Well, I mean, let's let's be real here. I mean, wh- the the last few uh, Mission Impossible movies, it comes down to like he scales the Burj Khalifa. He is clinging onto an airplane while it takes off. Uh-huh. Like he jumps are re- off the airplane
1: over Paris.
3: These are real stunts. Yeah. So he point breaks it. He. What 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 are the other big stunts in this movie? Because um, there's just so the many. Halo oh, jump. The, the halo motorcycle. Jump is the halo motorcycle. I meant, yeah. And all, you know the motorcycle also in Rogue Nation. Yeah, the whole Paris driving—that's th- a mm-hmm. great chase. Like the French Connection. Who? I know. It's an incredible. It's literally the French is, Connection. Yes.
2: When he's on the motorcycle going through the circle, mm-hmm. I was like, oh my god! Um, it's like you feel—you
1: feel it. His running. Imagine if you could run as fast as him at our age. He let never alone stops at his age.
2: Like the, that shot of him running along the top. <laughs> he
3: looks—he <laughs> looks like a robot. Something that I admire about Mission Impossible Three is that Tom runs on those rooftops and then like over the bridge. And this is when they're in Shanghai, I believe, in the end, and it's all as far as I could tell. It's it's one shot It's not digitally recreated And it made me think about The opening shot inspector, Which is a fake one shot In a fake location I believe And it just goes to show What an impressive Physical performer And what a performer Of stamina And mm-hmm. endurance Tom Cruise is and and, and and what a fucking Showboat he is That mm-hmm. he's being Such an exhibitionist and, and showing You know How long he can run Without huffing and puffing Yeah, Yeah On top of buildings Yeah And it's
1: fucked that
3: for whatever you're gonna say, I agree.
1: It's, Fuck. it's Fuck. fucked. It's fucked that I'm trying to make a joke and I'm just not gonna land it. That the I was behind gonna joke. The bit. You know who's behind not the back.
3: Tom Cruise hasn't been fucked in a long time. Oh?
2: oh, I love that like he never like oh? kisses any of his romantic interests anymore. He's just like playing a gay man now.
3: He like holds their. Don't he and Rebecca Ferguson hold hands? And Rebecca's like,
2: Rebecca's like, it's okay. Yeah.
3: <laughs> That okay. So I'll, I'll say no. That's what I really find frustrating about the treatment of Ilsa is that she ends up being a, a love interest. It's a baby bummer. A baby. It is. It, it's a baby bummer. It's a Does little. It's like just a little. One? It's a little
2: bit of a bummer. Yeah. But it doesn't bother me that it's
3: much. acne. It's not a wart. Is doesn't what you're
2: it yes. not
1: bother you because <laughs> what? Because when she basically almost lets Benji die. She makes this choice: Should I go cut Benji, or should I continue
2: suffocating? Oh, Lane? I don't think that's she, the job.
1: She, she
2: sufficiently suffocated him, knowing she was going to have time to save I him. Well, she took a risk. She,
3: she took a profesh. calculated
1: risk. Oh, Isn't that what
3: being a, a, an international assassin is all about? Yeah. yeah. International assassin, International assassin, Leia. Leia do
2: love when she gets kicked out a hundred fifty-story building.
3: I love that you logged that again, Brennan. Your log, your <laughs> your mind. My, my Mission Impossible Fallout novella log. No, I mean you're that was a good log. But no, it's, I'm talking more when it comes to Fallout. How you related to Leia? Seydoux do getting kicked out of a hundred-story building. <laughs> Tag yourself. Tag yourself. That's me. Uh, Lea Seydoux.
2: Oh, so wasted in that role. I know, but she's so good. She's so good at everything. Give me 20 more minutes before you kick her out that window. Yeah, but give me a little more before you kick her out that window. I know. Was that before or after Spectre? Before. Yes, before. Yeah. Brad Bird.
1: Many You guys are
3: fans of Ghost Protocol. We are fans. Great. Not (laughs) huge fans. I think the movie movie is littered with problems.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I'm not
3: done with Fallout yet, though. Okay, no. I, can we just do Fallout and then let's do I mean, we can, we Well, can.
1: while we're on the topic of Ghost Protocol, yeah, of just um, my friend was watching it on TV yesterday and on said TNT, yes, dynamite, <laughs> and said, "Were they doing a marathon? All of the Mission Impossible movies are scored the same, except for the moment they go to Morocco in Ghost Protocol, <laughs> and it becomes <laughs> a joke. <laughs> it becomes an Orientalist." Racist joke. Oh, well, no. Brad Bird uh, is Brad Bird. Brad Bird's going to Brad Bird and Brad's going to donate to Gary Johnson.
3: Oh, God. Probably. Mm. So he just doesn't out. understand huh? why shouldn't special people be special? Why not? That is, I mean, he didn't write the script for Ghost Protocol, but that is encapsulated for me in the opening prison break sequence mm-hmm. when Tom is talking to Benji through the... Monitor through the, through the monitor, and he's like, Open the door. Mm-hmm. Open the, I'm just gonna wait. I'm yeah. just gonna wait because mm-hmm. I'm and, and then and then and Benji's like, No, we can't do that. You need to. That's mm-hmm. not your place. And then Tom, like, fake, like, does like muscles or something, implying, like I'm a big man. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna kill you if you don't let me in this door. Mm-hmm. Just like, That's not the hunt I know and love. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like, Brad to Brad Bird I he had issues with the ghost male protocol. heroism to Brad Bird must include some sort of superiority sarcasm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it just. The opposite. It just jostles my rays. It, it it does yes. the exact opposite. It does the exact just opposite. Just I cartoons. hate when mm-hmm.
2: my penis goes right up it when just we vanishes. break into the theme song <laughs> and he's like, light the match. Um, I do like, and that. and it's on the wall. I hate it's it. It's very self satisfying That's the first. But I like. It. That's the first shift to title in a Mission Impossible that I
3: don't like. I even like Mission Impossible twos. I don't even remember. Shift I actually, to title. Well, I like so. Mi- I'm not going to be a hypocrite. I'll talk about Mission Impossible 2 when we get to it. But I think that very vaguely. I love... What are you doing? I'm just... You're tapping your notes like you're giving a signal to somebody like he's doing it again. Angela Bassett's out the window ready to (laughs) jump in and
2: strangle you. (laughs) That's the job. That's the job.
3: I don't like that Mission Impossible 2 doesn't have the same opening credits as the first one or these later ones. But what happens in the credits in Mission Impossible 2 is important. Back to Fallout. Back to Fallout. Oh, and I can segue Let's, here. in In what, uh-huh. what, what specifically... I'm not going to say specifically, but what's happening in the opening credits for Mission Possible 2 is the first real feat of Herculean strength mm. and showboating Correct. that Correct. Cruise is doing on screen. So I just want to put on the record. I really think that no matter how entertaining Tom Cruise is as a stuntman, I, I, as a Herculean performer when it comes to physicality and stunts and, and just using his body really... Masturbating with the whole body on screen for us to see. I think that it's time we start treating him like pre Trump Kanye and that, like, he's having meltdowns, he's going on rants on award shows. But we say, because he's such a good artist, that's okay. I think that we need to stop encouraging Tom Cruise in the same way that we encouraged Kanye for 15 years because he's going to kill himself on screen one of these days well, if he's not careful. Yeah. When it comes to, when it comes to these crazy stunts like yes he broke his ankle. Watch it yeah, which is nothing compared to what's going to happen. Like was I having the time of my life? Was my stomach in my mouth or my mouth, whatever the phrase mm. is watching him jump out of A plane And do a point break Rescue of Henry Cavill And then ride The motorcycle Through Paris And then Like yeah I was freaking out And like how lucky Are we to get to Watch this performer Do the thing That they're so good at Mm -hmm. But we need to Stop encouraging him To do this He's going to die On screen And it'll be like An Amy Winehouse thing It'll be all of our faults That's all
2: but Leon, that's what he wants to do. I know he don't, w- he will die. But we don't. Have, but we don't. But we, don't
3: have, we don't have to encourage him.
2: I would like Christopher McQuarrie is ready to
1: encourage.
3: By the way, I
2: I'm, will
1: keep encouraging him because I love these movies. But like, I would rebut that it's more Scientology's fault than the general. He has given him fault. a god I, that's complex fair. Yes. because that's fair. That's fair. he they, thinks he can't die. They think once you like do the the processing stuff that you can do anything once you have let go of everything. I mean, that's it's Scientology. That's, I'm glad has, you bring it up because
3: when we were talking about Scientology earlier, I was going to say like we have to we don't have to give Scientology any credit but I think that I think it's not it's not it's not it's not much of a literal leap across two buildings to think that Tom Cruise smiles the way he does has the confidence that Mm -hmm. he does and walks around with the swagger that he does because of Scientology Mm -hmm. that's why Scientology is so popular with celebrities because that's the message you can do this too Mm -hmm. like you can be the biggest star in the world if you let us Mm -hmm. yeah I just heard a story about that that I can't share because it's a private story from somebody. But, oh, yeah. oh, off the mic. Oh. And I'm trying not to give Ben things to cut.
1: Let's talk about Rebecca Ferguson. Yeah. Fuck yes. Who oh. is a star. God, I fucking love her. I realized it watching our favorite movie at this table. The Greatest Showman. The Greatest Showman. That She's really a star.
3: She can. She's really talented. I haven't seen The Goodest Boy myself, but it's, I can't wait to... She's... Like, the song
1: Never Enough, remove that from this argument. Cribbed from Robert Altman's Nashville. But in all of the real scenes of her, you're like, oh, she's kind of, she's got some interesting things going on in her eyes. And I think
3: that's true about all of the scenes of conflict in this film Mm -hmm. and in Rogue Nation as well. Yeah. And that she has like three different bosses and that she's only, you can tell that even though she has three different bosses, she's ruled by her own wants and desires the Mm -hmm. most, like in her compass. Yeah. And the conflict is that she knows she can't follow her true north. Mm-hmm. You know, east, south, and west are all competing for her attention and are paying her and holding her hostage. Yeah, it's like when they're in the car. Right? Is it the Himalayas at
1: that point in Kashmir, or are we not? Friends? Yeah, whatever. They're in the, the mountains. They're in the mount. They're in the mountains. They're driving, and she's like, "So you're telling me we have to let the countdown start?" Yeah, <laughs> and like there's the, that long it's, pause. Yes, there's this long look of just like. Okay, here we go. It's like yeah. she she just surrenders, yeah. and I'm just like, she's so
2: good. It's oh my god, she's just so good. Rogue Nation. She just like sort of like came out of nowhere in that role and just like makes that she movie what it movie. is. Yeah, and
3: actually, I think a point to against Tom Cruise's ego is that he lets her be the star of Rogue Nation. Yeah. Yeah, he, she, that
2: character, it's a testament to her, mostly, but it's also the character, but she adds, her performance adds yeah. so much to the character that she is Ethan Hunt's equal, his counterpart. And when, and
3: mm-hmm. in, in this series essentially positions Ethan Hunt as Jesus Christ, so if you're putting <laughs> her on the same level as the fucking son of God, right. right, that's saying something. Yeah. It's not that, like, this is what encapsulates that performance most. That's the word I'm saying a million times on today's podcast. But in terms of her physicality as a performer, when she jumps on that guy, oh, I Rogue love Nation, her move. Like, on his shoulders, twists his neck with yeah. her legs, with her thighs, and then follows the body down to the ground, and then just stands. Mm-hmm. And she that move comes back in, in follow, yeah, yeah. and it's yeah.
2: so good. Mm-hmm. It I wonder if that was like her idea. I mean, no, but yeah. that would be fun. I
1: love. <laughs> I was when I was watching uh, the actress has a tour fallout uh, i was thinking mm-hmm. is she named for casablanca and then re rogue nation today she gets out of the pool and says welcome to casablanca <laughs> and yes. i was like oh so ilsa. then so then yes if your character's
3: yep. name is ilsa in the movies mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a ref it's a mm-hmm. ref
2: oh rogue nation the flight of the what's the the song from the opera that that is the through line of the whole movie um the best song what is it? The best song. Oh, correct. Yes, I'm
3: pretty sure in one of the movies and it might be Rogue Nation. The song, there's a song from Call Me by Your Name, oh, really? that is in it. I swear to God, it was one of the Mission Impossible movies because those are the last oh. six movies I've watched. Right, but there um, is some musical afraid. I'm like, this is the from Call Me by Your Name.
2: That might be Rogue Nation because whatever song plays at the opera is like, I don't know. It's repeated. Hmm in Rogue hey. Nation huh. and like that final moment a lot of people complain about the ending of Rogue Nation they think it loses steam in the third act I they think, think it, it sputters out I think that's completely wrong I think it the action tones down to to heighten the relationship between Ethan Hunt and Ilsa before it becomes romantic and Fallout they are just like great co-workers basically yeah I mean I, I, that,
3: I prefer it that way I know yeah yeah personally I love same. love Okay, I love love too, but why? I mean, we are—we're already getting so much in this. Don't you fall
1: in love with your coworkers every
3: day? I do fall in love with my coworkers, but I'm not holding their hand to walk out of, you know, the the almost nuclear Holocaust. To then, like, I don't like, like, I, I love that Ving Rames is the beating heart of the Mission Impossible series. By the way, two things, no, no, just to remind me when we get to Ghost Protocol, there are two things I think that Brad Bird does that just infuriate me in terms of him thinking he knows better than the franchise. Mm. That just pisses me off. Mm. But I love that Ving Rames is the beating heart of the franchise. And in this film, he's like, look, Rebecca, Ethan has had two women in his life. One is his wife, who he was torn apart from because he has to do this job, and it was, it's so hard on them. And the second one is you. So you have a duty now to be his woman. And I don't like that. I really don't like that. Yeah. It, it would be another thing if he was like... That's fair. I, it it I, is.
1: But she doesn't do it.
3: Well, she does do it. I mean, she, they, they he explicitly says, partners.
2: he says, don't. But you she, should walk away and she doesn't, she doesn't do that,
3: which I don't think that her walking, not walking away is necessarily motivated by love. But when the movie ends with them walking out hand in hand or whatever, whatever it is, that's implying that they are not going to be together. It sort of seems like that's the causality or, or, or the intention behind her motivation of staying, even though I don't think it is, but this is where I think the script gets a little wobbly for me. I just, I love that character so much. It's just like, why reduce her to that? I also yeah, don't I mean,
1: think it ends on a love note as strongly as you think it does.
3: Where, what, what, what note does it end on? I mean, I'm not saying it ends the on of the movie, but don't make me laugh. Don't do, make me laugh. But they do couple at the end. That's I all mean, I'm saying. I'm, not saying. I'm not saying that's like the coda of the film. When when
2: Tom Cruise, Ethan Hunt, puts his hand, he I remember the second time I saw it, he puts his hand up on Rebecca Ferguson's face and she grabs his hand to sort of like pull it off of her okay. face. Maybe I missed that maybe i'm reading into it because i no, also you, you've i also I, it twice. Don't I think it's it more
1: platonic than I hope I, so. I I really you, hope so too. Also because and I think i'm just reading it that way because i want that to be everyone true. Everyone else is still there. Yeah, yeah. And it's like they're all in it's like they are all in on this joke that we've all, we've just survived a nuclear bomb. Right. What I guess
3: I, I guess ultimately it's just the the very explicitly and literally stated by ving reims like there are two women in his life. Mm-hmm. Right. And and Christopher McQuarrie talks about that moment. Cool, I'll listen to the Toolkit episode. But it's very interesting. It's just like Ving Rhames, probably, like, their best friends, so why gender it? Like, the two women, like, why not say, like, the three people in his life I've seen him care the most about? He's like, number one, I'm talking number one. Mm-hmm. Number two. Like, the fact that it's gendered in that way, for me to just reinforce, and the fact that his wife that he is obsessed with, mm-hmm. he's so obsessed with his wife. Oh my God, know. why are you so obsessed <laughs> not with Not that I me. have a problem with it. Um... But it's just like putting her in such close proximity to that relationship, mm-hmm. implicitly.
1: Well, they puts do them in the same. They movie. are annihilation twins, <laughs> I can Ferguson and Michelle Monet. I think that's correct. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I, you know, I, It's my favorite <laughs> part of the podcast. <laughs> I believe
3: in the toolkit episode, which I've never listened to. That he does say that explicitly. Mm-hmm, he does, but he that was, but he was influenced by the novels, not the film. J.J.
1: Abrams is just like, I have a type. Evangeline Lilly Michelle Monahan. I thought it here was are, Evangeline Lilly At Here first, are like, my oh, no, women of not. Hello yeah. and
2: Ring then, ring Hello Can I say one last thing about Fallout Are we moving yeah. off of it Um We're not
1: how, long, how far are we into this We've been ta- talking for an hour Are
3: we like right on an hour
2: Yeah okay. So one we last could, thing <laughs> of, of Fallout That I basically want to We could
3: shove say. off Shove off We can shove off the Burj Khalifa Sprint <laughs> Off the Shanghai <laughs> Skyscraper <Sploosh. laughs> I just that's something follow doesn't have that I would like like I know that they they drop from the sky uh-huh. but I need them to drop into a shaft mm. that's just Ugh. something I like I'm kind of being love facetious a shaft. but I would um, like more of a shaft in this film. I just love oh. oh my god no they go up a shaft the Tate Modern my yeah, favorite which by them. the way oh, yes. it's my favorite museum in the world so I got all, it gave me butterfly eyes wow. Oof. when they go up the tower and yeah Tate. Me, yeah uh, and when he's standing on
2: top of the tape and just watches Henry Cavill fly away, it would have been so As Tom.
3: Cruz, it would have been so Tom Cruise, just like watch him fly away like Superman, and then jump nice. off the. Yeah, no, and, and not even jump, just like walk off the edge, <laughs> and then like goodbye. Like, yeah, right before he gets to the bottom, just like the wire that we didn't know was there. Just like he's like all spread eagle, like on the ground, like huh, like two inches from the ground, Call which back. is by the way, I know that like it's fine that they abandon that after three because they kind of need to. Like that's like that's like getting high off your own supply If you keep too much, the masks, abandon the wire. We'll get back to masks. <laughs> but like, would it have been fun? Just Halloween. Would it have been fun? I don't know. I like the... Like, the IMF I, is
1: Halloween. <laughs> just a bunch of boys in masks.
2: Okay. I don't know why. All right. Angela Mastis sounds like that. Okay. Final thing about Fallout That's is... That's the I impression. Just, I just love... How elaborate that final set piece is, how absolutely off the wall, fucking insane it Bonkers. is. How larger than life it is. But it all boils down to what the first Mission Impossible was about this whole time. It's just diffusing a bomb. Yeah. I like, love oh, that. You're right. you're right. It all that's comes nice. down to diffusing a bomb. That, that's And right. that moment when he is hanging off the cliff and there's the beautiful golden mm-hmm. light and he just goes, <sighs> "Golden." It was Golden Hour. It was Golden Hour. And how many more Casey refs can I get in? It's just so. It's so good. That moment gives me chills, and I, I love it. It's okay, so the last throw. thing about Fallout, and then I'll yes. say that
3: my last thing after that.
1: Did you guys notice Henry Cavill walking to the Tate Modern? He walks through a tunnel, and some young faggot on his phone. Yes,
2: <laughs> I love the, the young faggot. No, I didn't notice. What happened? I, You'll watch it. No, <laughs> he just
1: walked by, and I just like was like that faggot. I clocked him on both times. Phones. Me nice. too. <laughs> You'll notice now that I've said it. Well, no. Well, you I thought th- I
3: thought th- th- you th- were gonna be like he like checked out his ass or something. No,
1: there's literally not he just walks by. I may
3: have noticed it's a long movie, but I I want to speak to Brandon's point which is that even though it is I, convoluted even just to use it for like dramatic effect isn't really honest. Like the fact that it is so complicatedly bonkers the plotting of this thing and yet feels so essential mm-hmm. when it comes down to it speaks to and that simplicity of defusing a bomb. I think it's I think it's because of how fleet-footed this film is and its pacing and its action, even though it's full of blunt force. And like Ben was saying, like 50 different teams up against each other at the same time. There does seem to be this very clear line that takes the whole thing through that mm-hmm. makes it yeah. simple at the same time, which is kind of a crazy feat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I will say, and I think this is a good segue to going back to the first one, what I really like about this film and what I like about this franchise is that they all, some more problematically than others, do seem to respond to their their times in a way like i appreciate that this film sets up its dimension in the very beginning being between those who represent the way things are and are trying to make good from the inside out and those who want to blow up the entire system Mm -hmm. and so of course this reminds me a lot about the democratic primary but it's also just like where we are right now in terms of everything is so fucked in our governments and it's not just in america it's all over the world and do we do we embrace a full toppling of the current status quo and then rebuild? Or do we find actors in good faith to work from the inside out Mm -hmm. to fix things? And it's also about other things than that, but that is set up pretty explicitly in the beginning as the tension between Angela Bassett's uh, team and the IMF. And then also Mm -hmm. the apostles and the IMF. Like Mm -hmm. that always seems to be what we're getting at here. Um, and I like that about it. They want And an now we rookie. can stop relitigating the Democratic primary after yeah. this. They, um, yeah, they all set up that dynamic. Well, I mean, just like, they each have a different dynamic. But mm-hmm. this one, that feels so strikingly contemporary to mm-hmm. me mm-hmm. in a way that I appreciate. And and that's sort of where, if you're going to make a comparison to The Dark Knights, which I don't know if I would, like, I don't know that, I know that you did, Brandon. I don't I, know if that would be my number one, but in that way, it reminds me a lot of The Dark Knight and that The Dark Knight is, it's about... Privacy. Uh, I, would, it, I would bring up the Dark Knight. I, I just think I'm saying the that it, villain, it might not be my number one comparison of it. Like it's for me, it's it's
2: it. the it's the villain and it's the Ethan Hunt who's fallen for all intents and purposes a superhero. Like in this chaos versus universe. order. Ka- exactly. Yeah. Like the the manifesto is all about like right chaos before order. It's the whole Joker thing, um, and it's also uh, Ethan Hunt. It's that that monologue that. Price Lane what's his name Lane Price Lane Price from Mad Men mm-hmm. gives about like Ethan Hunt you've been doing you've been trying so hard to do good mm-hmm. and it's the titular role when he says the fallout is coming everything you've been trying to do across six movies is coming to a head mm-hmm. and it's all for nothing and you've been trying to it's like speaking of it's like picks it's the like return. Batman in that case where yeah. it's like all he wants to do is do good but sometimes it's just not Enough, yeah, mm-hmm. and then you'll never get to chill and grill with your buddies. Can't chill and grill with the buddies. Can't no just, grill. can't just say it no makes no me grilling. laugh. I just want to don't make me I laugh. Just
3: kick back with my pals. Same one. So I will say, I, I was getting a little tired of the number of European locations in this movie for a minute, mm. but I was sort of over that problem when they went to you know the sequence in Brussels that when Ethan Hawke is busting through people's windows and running through their apartments in order to chase the bad guy. And when he like breaks into that apartment where Jean Dielman is just like peeling potatoes and like trying to make dinner. And she's it, like, what are you doing? Yeah. I was moved. <laughs> I, what can I say?
2: I was moved. And he even takes a potato. Well, what I
3: thought was really clever is that he tripped on her urn full of money because he was like jumping onto the table to jump out the window, right? And his shoe fell off, mm-hmm. and I thought it was such a cute button on the whole film to go back to that apartment and so Jean, Jean Dielman Jean vigorously mm. scrubbing his shoe. Yes, right. I thought it was cute. It's so. I thought cute. it was moving. I was moved. I was kind of
1: elevated the whole experience for me. Do your Jean Dielman voice again? I don't remember. You do, it. do
3: you do it? <laughs> What are you doing? That was all it
1: was. (laughs) What are you
3: doing? (laughs) I'm just trying to make coffee. It's great because it also like the the end of that of that scene is like she says I'm just trying to make coffee and then Ethan Hawke jumps out the window and then the John comes out of the bedroom and goes, (laughs) "Where'd he go, Naomi?" (laughs) Ethan Hawke, his first reformed character. I was, (laughs) I mean, I was trying to do David Lynch, but. Yeah. No, well, you but you said kept Ethan saying Hawk. Ethan Hawke. Oh, oops. At least, I didn't, <laughs> at least I didn't say Bonnie Hunt.
2: <laughs> that would be better.
3: Imagine if Bonnie, Bonnie Hunt, Hunt was the star of, of the know, Mission Impossible It's like Danny Ocean's sister is Debbie Ocean. Mm. Ethan Hunt's sister is Bonnie Debbie. Hunt. <laughs>
2: Debbie. <laughs> oh, little Debbie.
3: Oh, um, Debbie. I just want
2: to quickly um, defend, and you've been doing this a little bit, uh, defend Mission Impossible 2. Wait,
3: can we just start? No, we, yeah, let's, let's, we don't have to go in order. I didn't go in order when I was rewatching them, so I shouldn't try and. true, you did I'm more chaos in order in this moment. I,
2: um, I just think
3: that, too, you said,
2: you sort of were getting at this, Daniel, where it's like, this one set up Mission Impossible as we know it today, like insane stunts, like the whole marketing campaign of the second movie was watch Tom Cruise hang off this Cliff, mm-hmm. and I love that Fallout does a callback. I do too. To Mission Impossible I Two, I was glad that I had seen Two before climbing Fallout. up. You, you're like some viewers might be like,
3: he can't rock climb like that. Honey, watch, watch, mission, watch
2: Impossible mission Impossible Two. Watch Mission Impossible
3: No, I think that I think that J.J. Abrams gets too much credit in terms of re-energizing this franchise, giving it more of a mission statement. Mm. I think John Wu did it. And I think John Woo is the perfect choice to elevate this film from like post Cold War spy thriller to
2: crazy a, to a
3: 1990s Hong Kong bullet ballet. I mean, a mm-hmm. lot of the action in this film reminds me of a better tomorrow and hard boiled. I mean, I really hate how lugubrious this film is, like leading up to the 45 minutes of shootout. Mm-hmm. But I'm sorry, like, I will always love a movie that when a bullet hits a wall. It doesn't leave a mark. The entire wall just like explodes in drywall, <laughs> and it's like, and Tom Cruise is doing the classic John Woo bullet ballet thing where he's got guns in both hands and is like shooting them. And uh, I guess it, it, in I think it's in a Better Tomorrow, which if you guys haven't seen is really good. But there's a scene where where one of our characters has like the double handguns and is shooting his way out of the room. On his back, meaning that the force of the gun is pushing his body out of the room. I mean, I just think it's really inventive. And I think, you know, I've seen this phrase written so many times about this film. And so I hesitate to use it myself because I don't want to sound like I'm repeating anybody. But it really is drunk on what the movies can do in editing, in action. The slow motion. It's, yeah. And that's the other, like, I... I it was it's very of its time. I, no, but it's more than that. It's not of its time. I'm not saying this is what you're saying necessarily, but it's not of its time. And that like Hollywood was using slow motion. He's using slow motion the same way that Wong Kar Wai uses slow motion in Chunking Express*. Like this is something. This was a stylistic move that was being used in the Hong Kong New Wave. Like, and I, I think that when it comes to picking a director, like for, forget what the film turned out to be, which I. I gave it two and a half stars on Letterboxd. I don't think it's a great movie. I just think it has some things going for it. That's but pretty I, generous. But I think that he's a really smart choice considering the movies he was... I mean, I think he'd already done Face Off at this point, so he'd already jumped into Hollywood. But yeah. I, smart choice if you're trying to say, we're not going to do a spy thrill anymore. We're going to do a balls-to-the-wall Action film, totally. Not yeah. that that apologizes the very slow first hour of the and film, and also the Tandy, the Tandy Newton, Tandy of, it Newton all. of it. Exactly. So Ben, I know you hate this movie. So oh, God. do you want to speak to the Tandy Newton problem before you talk about what else you hate about it? How horrific!
1: No, I don't. What
3: do you want to talk about?
1: I don't want to talk about it. Like that's how much I hate it. I don't. Well, want just to... just say
3: in like a sentence why you hate
1: it. Because nothing works. Period. That's my opinion. All right, okay, that's fine. I have not. I truly a little unnuanced. Okay. But- that's fine. Fine. That's you're the, fine, you're
3: making me talk about it. I didn't want to talk about I know, it. I I'm trying. To, I'm just very curious to hear why you gave it half a star. Because on I hate everything that happens.
1: <laughs> I hate f- it. <laughs> I hate, It's the worst movie I've ever seen in my
3: entire life. I was not being hyperbolic. I hate yeah, everything I, about it. Okay, there it is. There it is. Maybe years from now, when when you've cooled off, I would love to hear specifically why you hate. it. I was barely paying it. attention. Well, that's mean, why I have nothing to say about it.
1: I After 20 minutes, I got my phone out. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I do not give a fuck about this movie. I will never watch it again. I will never talk about it again. All I will right. never think about it again. Okay,
3: that's fine. I'm, not, I'm certainly not going to defend the first 20 minutes. So let's just move on then. Well, I just want to <laughs> say it. Are you sure? <laughs> um,
2: No, it's just the Tandy Newton. The use of a female character has, has never been... It's just... That's all it's disgusting. No, let's she, just end it there. Yeah, it's, it's disgusting. disgusting. It's disgusting. It's deplorable. Anyway, Mission which impossible. one do you want to talk about now? Yeah. Do you want to take us to three or, 3 or protocol? 3 cuz I
1: also have nothing to say about that, so let's get that out of the let's way. Let's get that right out of the way. I, I like hate three. that there are explosions every
3: <laughs> fucking minute. So, you know what? I when I started 3, I, I started 3 that. on Friday and I got 20 minutes <laughs> in and turned it off because like I'm not I am not watching this for 2 hours. Like I will make sure to do my homework before we record, but I Hate it's the amount of explosions, explosions. That in three? right now
1: the whole yeah. movie is explosions
3: that's the only action in the entire
1: movie is explosions i don't even remember what's exploding everything everything <laughs> is exploding did <laughs> did philip, did philip seymour exploding. hoffman explode the golden gate bridge <laughs> everything is exploding san francisco as a whole <laughs> is
3: exploding <laughs> Philip Seymour Hoffman
2: Explodes is
3: <laughs> Well Philip Seymour Hoffman Doesn't explode Philip Seymour Hoffman Is being wasted In this movie That pisses me I off I think
2: Philip Seymour Hoffman Is incredible in this movie I Dude, love that opening sequence I think it's very uh I-
3: hate the opening sequence
2: oh i like it i think i think jj abrams was like we're gonna go gritty and you know what he did it good no for him. no
3: exactly and that's how it reads we're trying to go gritty yes they're trying to it. do they're trying to do like black hawk down and this whole like jaundiced color palette yeah. and like dutch angles i, I hate the shooting do not like yeah. the style in this film and i think it's ugly it's very it's very like
2: jj's first movie which mm-hmm. it is jj's first movie he's like here we go i'm gonna make a <laughs> film yeah
3: Hello. I just feel like the movie gives Philip Seymour Hoffman nothing to do. And I'm mad at all of the people because I'd never seen this movie before. I'm mad at all the people over the past twelve years who have said Philip Seymour Hoffman, such a great villain in Mission Impossible 3. He's in like 10 minutes of the movie and is given no real clear motivation apart from, I'm going to kill your wife. Like, I think he elevates it because he's Philip Seymour Hoffman. I think he's mm-hmm. great in the film. And I love when he pl- when when it when he's playing Tom playing him. But I get no even i get more in mission impossible too like a clear mission from this villain Oof. even if the mission is chaos like i have no idea what philip seymour hoffman is trying to achieve
2: i i don't remember but i felt like i enjoyed him as a villain. no
3: he's good like i like but no on the
2: screen him his villain motive i don't i can't recall what it is now but i remember watching it i understood it
3: yeah Okay.
2: But I can't remember what it is. I just like the brain zapping mechanism.
3: See, I find it very disrespectful to Carrie Russell to do this to her. I mean, her I, think, I, think, I, think, I think the Americans. I think the Americans is Carrie getting her revenge on J.J. Abrams <laughs> as the lead, like the lead in an action, at least action adjacent mm-hmm. uh, series. Like, yeah. I think it is. I really think it's unconscionable and it makes me sick to my stomach the amount oh. of times they cut back to her like dead face mm-hmm. with like the eye twitch and oh. blood spot, and like how dare you desecrate Carrie like this on mm-hmm. screen. Like it, to me it shows like you hired her because of waitress, I guess, because that was because uh, of
1: Felicity, because you well, worked with her for five years. Oh, I didn't know that. I have, he, I've never seen Felicity once. JJ in my created life. Felicity. Great, great,
3: even better. This makes it so much worse that he would do this to her. In my mind, having didn't I didn't know that fact. He is just like not respecting her as an actress because he's like, oh yeah, the casting director thought she'd be good. So I guess that's not true. It's even worse to me now that he does her this dirty. What is what is Felicity about, by the way? It's she a, a lawyer?
1: No, she's in like a, a high school and then college. It's just
2: a girl living her life. Ooh, I wanna oh,
1: I want to watch this
3: show. Oh, but I just think
2: it's really gross. I don't. I don't remember being that appalled by it. I enjoyed Carrie Russell in it. I don't know. I like three. You All do right. like three. I like three. Okay, Jesus Christ.
1: <laughs> I think Christopher McQuarrie is able to marry the like JJ attempt at cinema Verite and like the more cartoonish aspects of the other movies and like marry them into just mm-hmm. absolutely like, this, it's like beautiful I agree. like specific compositions but it feels very authentic it's
3: symphonic in the mm-hmm. way that he's mixing together these different tones and knows mm-hmm. when to pull them and when you know when the when the tuba of tone needs mm-hmm. to play a little bit louder for this and that ah yeah. oh, the tuba as a conductor a, what instrument did you play, Brandon? Tuba. Ooh, Tuba Boy.
2: It reminds me. Can I have a. Can I. Can yeah, I. Can yeah. I. I'm going to get yelled at for this. But what you're saying, the marrying of these two things, this Chris McCory, like making that mm-hmm. work, it reminds me of when everything coalesced for the Harry Potter film. Oh. <laughs> <Aww. laughs> it was number six when I just had to look this up because I couldn't remember their names, but David Yates director Steve Clove's writer they finally were able to capture everything one through five was trying to do and in six it finally all coalesced I disagree but fine but I, he, he... I,
3: I i I can't disagree because I just don't know what you're talking about but
2: he <laughs> he carried it to the end six seven I eight think that, I think eight that two five begins the vision and that's the
1: first David Yates one true yeah yeah we're just we're just
3: correcting each other left and right here. <laughs> I'm just No, that's fair. That's good. That's um, very yeah,
2: fair. That's I think I think a lot of people would agree with you more than me cuz I think a lot of people do think 5 is where it coalesces. For me it's 6. 6, six is a lot of people's. Who wrote
1: 5? I don't know. Was that also cause, I don't know who wrote any of the Harry Potter movies. I just know who directed
3: them. Cuz if it's I don't even know if I know who directed 4. Oh, I think I, I know don't everyone know. else. David Newell. Is David that right? Newell.
1: Mike Newell. Oh,
2: see? So, no, I think it was David. I don't no, know. No, I think it is Mike Order Newell. of the Phoenix was written by Michael Goldenberg. He was like a one-off. Great. He just happened to write that Way one. Way to go, Michael. That's, but he yeah, was just David on Yates. the WB payroll. <laughs> <laughs> we need a him. guy. <laughs> they got him. We got Michael.
1: <laughs> Give me Goldberg. <laughs>
2: <laughs> anyway, um, but yeah, I agree. Macquarie is able to make it all come together by mm. by Rogue. I want to talk about... We don't have to should, get here yet. Should we do the Ghost
3: F- Protocol and Rogue? Oh, no. Okay, sure. I just want...
2: Because for me, this should be the last Mission Impossible. It feels like a finale. It feels like this grand finale. Well, but it's it, going to make so much money that there will yeah. be another one. There will be, one. be another one. Tom Cruise will never stop making them. But what's interesting is I think I think it is exciting where it could go. Like, I wonder, you know, so Angela Bassett will become the new Alec Baldwin. I feel like her role will be And then banned. she'll die in the
1: next movie. I feel like there's going to be... The Christopher McQuarrie trilogy. Mm. Of I don't think McQuarrie comes back. I think you. Wh- you think
3: th- he'll do one more? I think he'll do as many more as Tom Cruise tells him to do. I don't he know. He has it said sounded... that he doesn't
1: want. He has implied he wants to do more until David Miscavige until
3: David Miscavige holds him by his ankles over the roof of the Purple I Church th- of Scientology <laughs> building. I do think he will do
1: one more Mission Impossible.
2: You do
3: certainly See, one.
1: more.
2: I feel like he would. I feel like he would step away after this one because this is, I don't see the next one. It feels like an opus. I mean, we're not going to top this, but I keep referring to the toolkit thing. Thank you for linking me. Mm -hmm. Um, But he he said, uh, Tom leaned over to him once credits rolled. We can do better.
3: Oh, my God. See, this is what I'm, Tom is not going to let him go. Tom's not going to let him go. I want Bong Joon-ho to do a Mission Impossible movie Oh, fuck yes. Holy shit. That's that's, that's who I'm thinking of first. Oh, that's good.
2: Or Claire.
3: Yeah, I definitely huh. want to see Claire Denise Claire's Mission, Impossible. Mission
2: Impossible. Fuck yeah! Mm. But I think um,
3: I'm not convinced Rebecca
2: F- Ferguson
3: comes back. Well, we'll see what roles she gets, what the offers are, because yeah. if if they if we don't treat her like the star she is, which I can absolutely see being mm-hmm. a possibility, because she comes from action and musical, like she's not coming up in romantic comedy, she's not coming up as some sort of plum supporting role in a drama. Like mm-hmm. I think that she's, she's not an indie darling. Great point. Mm-hmm. I yeah. think that Rebecca Where did Ferguson she come from before. Rogue? She's Swedish.
1: Know. She does Scandinavian television, I believe.
3: Yeah, I hope that she does. But if she doesn't, she'll 100% no. I mean, that's back.
1: What she has done? No,
3: no, no, no. What I'm saying is, if she doesn't get plucked for some big yeah. thing, <laughs> she'll I think she'll be back. But then it's like maybe
1: she just wants to play Bang Bang for a good paycheck. Like maybe that's her career objective. Yeah, no, we, we don't know. We don't
3: know. Yeah. I mean, is she so good in these movies? Like, I don't, I because they imply. Like, at I the wish end of Jeremy this one... Renner had been in Fallout. So, like, I think Jeremy Renner is really funny in, in Rogue Nation. Oh, I think we can lose him for good. Well, I my, my point is a little <laughs> like I think he's great, but and we don't really. Jeremy Renner <laughs> is such a uh, inconsistent actor, which I don't think is his fault. I just think he gets cast in all the wrong things. Mm-hmm. If you guys have never seen Kill the Messenger. It is the no, worst star vehicle I've ever seen in my life. God, it's so bad, but he, I think he fits really well into this role. And I feel like every scene he's in in rogue nation, like he thinks he's in a screwball comedy and it gives it this nice, uh, like sense of manic energy on top of everything else. But I just kind of get annoyed that actors are in like a couple mission impossible movies. And then like, aren't in the next one after that. Like mm-hmm. now Simon Pegg is a regular Ving Rams has, has been in all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but Rebecca Ferguson's the most interesting addition to the franchise, ever, yeah. in my opinion, and I would yeah. hate to lose her because then it becomes all the Ethan Hunt show again. And I actually yeah. really like the way that she cuts that, and like I there's don't your think balance.
1: They would that
2: she would be gone,
3: again because of
2: just the money thing. No, you're probably right, but it just seemed like like Angel Bassett was like, okay, and now your friend's contract with MI6, she can she can finally get out of the game, which is yeah. her goal. But then. There's always something that brings her back to the game, and mm-hmm. I'm sure that would happen. She has for. the bit.
1: same like Ethan Hunt, itch. Yeah, right.
2: It's never enough. You know, I bet in the next one
3: they end up like being together or something. It's gonna open like in their country home in yeah. Connecticut. It's gonna be yeah. three, and then is, again. yes, correct. Yeah. Except uh, except a bomb is gonna drop in their backyard. Like the gazebo is gonna get splintered into a million pieces. Mm-hmm. There's a spider on okay, on. try not to hit the record. Button. <laughs> oh. Boop. Ah. Bye. Uh, Should we
2: talk about um, I want to say what I don't like about Ghost Protocol. I think we can all talk about what we don't like about Ghost Protocol. When Jeremy Renner is fucking floating
3: on the stupid fucking panel things on the Moon Rover, cut that sequence out. I like that. I like that he's wearing a velvet gold He's wearing a velvet goldmine jumpsuit. It's dumb. Why? Dumb. It's, all, it's a great. It's a great nod to the uh, the wire of it all. The dropping down a shaft and then stopping a second before. Oh, it sure. It brings it into a, like technologically more advanced mm. era. All right. Okay. I think Jeremy Renner is very funny um, in both films, but in in Rogue Nation, he's not as much like comic relief. He's like, I am responsible for your wife's death. You know. He's oh, fuck, someone. I forgot he's in
2: Rogue. I... He's so good
3: in Rogue. You're right. I'm not just denying, like, I just forgot. He's are forgettable you, to me. You're not confirming or denying, which is like <laughs> the big thing he says like 20 times <laughs> in all the congressional
2: hearings. Yes. In, uh, oh, right. He has that whole thing next to Alec Baldwin. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes.
1: Yeah, I don't remember that at all.
2: What were you going to say? That
1: we talk about face blindness for certain actors a lot. Mm-hmm. I just have like entire persona blindness for Jeremy Renner. Same. I, I do remember I his face. I think a that's face. a false of
3: casting. I think he's he's so good in well I think he is so good in The Hurt Locker. Me too. I think he's great in that. Movie. I think it's the only thing he's been good in. I think he's so hammy and delicious in The Town. Like he, best supporting actor nomination, that's a little crazy. But as like the wild card, like he loose got, cannon like in in, in, a, in a local crime movie, like in a Boston gangster movie, I think he's totally effective. He got best supporting actor nomination he for The got, Town. Yeah. Is that is that not like the most um uh, anachronistic isn't the right word, but like that Jeremy Renner gets a nomination for the town would only happen the year after the right. Hurt Locker. That's wild. It's it's a very funny nomination, I think, in Oscar history. Very funny zero.
1: Yeah, he's just a I don't know.
3: I'm I'm not gonna like stand up for him any further than I already have because I don't think he's like the best actor of his generation or anything. I just think that he gets. I just have a lot to, to say
1: about Jeremy Renner that I'm not gonna say on the microphone. The fact that
2: We're Jane Fonda of him. <laughs> the fact that the Avengers just decided <laughs> to forget about his uh, character. Honestly,
3: good call. Proves how call.
2: how disposable he is.
3: I mean, everyone thought Jeremy Renner was Here gonna be the is. next big thing.
2: Yeah,
1: he
3: is. <laughs> he was supposed to replace Matt Damon. He's supposed to replace Tom Cruise in this franchise. Yeah. Wasn't he Jack Ryan in that Jack Ryan movie? Um he No, in the that Jack was Jack Ryan. Movie? No, that was Chris. And that's John Pine. Krasinski. Oh wait. Oh, yeah, oh yeah, I yeah, forgot yeah. about that. John Krasinski's
2: in the new Amazon version.
3: Uh-huh. <sighs> Don't care about that. No, that was um
2: what's his fuck?
3: I will say the two things that I really despise about what Brad Bird brings to the franchise oh, yes. is what he excises. And seems to say no 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 no. I I see all these pieces that y'all are playing with here. We need to lose this. We need to lose this. We're gonna do a more sophisticated and goofy like. He's doing that Brad Bird thing like it's high art and lowbrow at the same yeah. time. That he gets rid of Ving Rames. rude as fuck, really <laughs> rude. Yeah, he's like, there's no room for this sense of earnest. Was he unavailable?
2: Movie. Was Ving unavailable? Or I mean, like...
3: maybe that is what it was, but I don't know. it's weird. What else was he? he I can tell you who was available was the latex department that he gets rid of the masks and then has all those jokes about how the masks are malfunctioning and can't work like Simon Pegg's like shouldn't we have masks like I know one of my favorite things about the Mission Impossible franchise is how silly it is yep. that they rip off these masks Yep, like I love it Yeah, and I think that, and the fact that Brad Bird he's like no, Do's away
2: Do's away mm-hmm. yeah does doos away a, does yeah. does, a, does away doos away I agree.
3: I think he thinks
2: he's better than the Exactly. It drives me
3: crazy. And I think that the first Mission Impossible sets up from the very beginning that this, that movie anyway, maybe not the entire franchise, but I think you could mount an argument for it but that movie is all about movie making it's about building sets it's about putting on costumes it's about traveling between locations with a self-conscious eye like you just you suspend your disbelief but in that in that opening scene like when the walls come down Mm -hmm. and you realize it's a set Mm -hmm. that's what the movie's all about when Mm -hmm. the camera's like gliding between hallway into the elevator shaft in the same shot just like mamma mia here we go again does it is reminding you that this is a set that you're watching Mm -hmm. when they put on these costumes and you know it's Tom Cruise it's a reminder that people can shape shift depending on what we put them in like and and then on top of that there are all these nods to like the third man and just like cold war thrillers in general that's not that that's a cold war thriller but you know what i mean um it's it's just i think i think mission impossible 2 is a little more drunk on the idea of what we can do with craft for better or worse i think or with like crazy editing and shit i think the mission impossible 1 is much more drunk on the movie's when it just comes like the excite, like the thrill of making them and, and, yeah. and the thrill of suspending your disbelief while knowing what I'm watching is manufactured by a bunch of excitable creatives. Mm-hmm. Like it, Mission Impossible, the first film, really believes in the best of what the movies can do. I think. So I bring this up because for Brad Bird to dispose of the mask is basically saying, nope, fuck you. I'm going to go make the most satis- self satisfied action movie and I'm not going to be constantly reminding you that what you're watching is a movie. I want you to think you're on the edge of the Burj Khalifa, which is fine because like you get vertigo, you gasp, it's fun. It's great. It's (laughs) very impressive zero. That's the one great part of that movie. But I think that it's such a kick in the face to some of the more humble and inclusive origins of the series that it's not about De Palma. It's more about like this congregational experience that we're having at the Mm -hmm. cinema and Brad Bird, is making much... And, I mean, I think you could argue against John Woo is sort of doing a similar thing, are, are saying, like, no, 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 this is my movie. and I'm right. going to do my movie my way. Mm-hmm. It's not a very generous approach, in my opinion. Yeah. I agree. IMO. We're at 90.
2: Do we have more to say, or shall we do our rankings? I
3: feel like everything I want to say about Rogue Nation, I probably have Oh, right. We this. haven't even
2: talked about Rogue.
3: Well... Ah. <sighs> Good movie. Yeah, <laughs> great. I just same. <laughs> yeah, I mean, great movie. More about that. More about it in a minute. I don't want to.
1: I have no. I, I feel nothing like I'm just say. like.
3: Let's just move on to the rankings. Great, let's do it.
1: I've been up for twenty five hours. Wonderful. Let's, put ben, let's put, put ben to bed. Let's
3: put Ben to bed because he's been up, and I feel like I'm alienating him. So let's right. do rankings and get out of here. We're gonna put Ben to bed.
2: What am I doing? Two, three. no, no. Four,
1: one. Five, six. Do it again. I missed it. Two, three,
2: four, one, five, six. Yeah. I mean, same, but like one tiny thing different.
3: Mine is two, three, Ghost Protocol, one, Fallout Rogue Nation. <gasps> With an expectation that this could shift on a second viewing. I mean, I'm not mad. But I think that... I think Rogue's I genius. think that Rogue Nation is able to maintain it's adrenaline and it's propulsivity better than fallout is by which I mean these movies basically break down to action sequences and then dialogue scenes around a table where people are talking about what we do next. And I think on the whole rogue nations in between scenes are more successful and compelling than fallouts. Nice in my opinion, even though the action is so, I mean, the action in Fallout is better than anything I've seen in a long time. Um, And it's so, I mean, Fallout is amazing. It's great. But when it comes to the whole of the movie, I do think that, in my opinion, from my viewing experience, Rogue Nation coheres better than Fallout does. I think Fallout spikes more than Rogue Nation does, and Rogue Nation keeps it, uh, by which I mean, I think Fallout in a thrilling way, veers off the tracks. Mm-hmm. But just as a complete work, I do think Rogue Nation is a little tighter. Could completely change my mind when I watch Fallout again. I love that. I mean, I think
2: Rogue and Fallout are very, very close in their quality.
3: I just love the franchise. Same. Even though, like, two and three are not... I mean, two especially, I, like, I respect in ways more than I actually like it. And with three, I'm just like, yeah, this is competent, but annoying. And then the other four, I think, are all pretty great, mm-hmm. to varying degrees. And to have two-thirds of a franchise be good, I mean, that's very impressive, Zero. Mm-hmm. Especially each one with a new director. Yeah. Yeah? It's, a, it's an auteur franchise mm-hmm. on top of everything else, which is interesting. And I just, we didn't talk about it because it's not our job to tell the history of these franchises, but, you know, this is Tom Cruise and Jane Wagner producing a vehicle for Tom's first franchise for Tom. This is supposed to be Tom's signature role. Like the mission impossible series is designed to be Cruz's signature role. Mm -hmm. You can argue whether or not it actually is. I don't know if it is. I think it certainly defines. I funny enough, it defines his more recent era in the movies than it does in the nineties when he started this to accomplish that goal. Mm -hmm. But, um, it's certainly like it's, it's, I, I bring that up to say like, it's an auteur-driven franchise, but that includes the actor as auteur, especially not sure. not just as a producer, but as an acrobat, um, as an actor and an acrobat and a producer, all yeah. in the same thing. Like Cruise, there's the movies are not the same without Cruise bringing that very certain electric je ne sais quoi and the stunts and yeah, the mm-hmm. the like like his smile is so repulsive and yet it's so engaging and winning in this franchise, like. <laughs> Tom Cruise has somehow made himself both the Everyman, the Journeyman, and Hercules at the same time in yeah. this franchise. And I think that's very admirable.
2: Yes. Love Tom and his veneers. Mm-hmm. Two. Oh. Four. Nice. Three. That's right. <laughs> One. Five. Six. Thank you so much. Nice. Goodbye. <laughs> Good night. This has been Movies IMO. <laughs> ben is so done. No, I mean,
3: it's been, we're, we've hit our mark. We've you hit our mark. You can
1: find us on the internet at Movies IMO on Twitter. You can follow us on, uh, what's the word?
2: Twitter?
3: Podcast, iTunes. iTunes. iTunes
1: Stitcher. Oh,
3: we need to. Yeah, I'll pull it up.
1: Give us five stars. Tell us your faves.
3: What's your favorite Mission Impossible
2: movie?
1: At us. <laughs> <laughs> Add us, please, for the love of God. Let us know. Naomi, oh. add us. Naomi, what's
3: my ad again?
2: <laughs> oh, give us a... At,
3: all right, we want to give a shout out.
2: Me. We want to give a shout out to... Oh, I just pulled it up to him. Uh, all right, Daniel, So you do last it.
3: week we mentioned... Or did we... Did you cut it? I didn't... Or was it in the 8th grade episode? At some point, someone left us a really nice review, and I definitely meant... I think it was the 8th grade episode, yeah, which I've sworn never to listen to. By the way, I'm so sorry. <laughs> and, um... <laughs> But, uh, just want to give a shout out to iTunes user Egree zero one. who wrote us a really lovely review and we all, you know, we love you right back. It's very sweet. Um, and I'm not trying to rush through. It's just, you got a shout out already and there's someone else <laughs> to shout uh, out. Yeah. Oh, I'm just, jo- I mean, agree. Oh, one is, is a loyal listener. and knows I'm just joshing. I'm just Josh Holloway. Uh, we got a, another really nice review from T-Bird got soul on Friday mm-hmm. and, um, I'm not going to read these because you can read them on iTunes. But uh, When you go to give us we, exactly, your own five-star exactly. rating. Yeah, and your own glowing uh, praise. We just, um, but it's T-Bird, really nice
2: and we appreciate it.
3: T-Bird, we're so happy you listen. At <laughs>
2: us, bitch. Just kidding. Don't T-Bird know. got
3: soul. <laughs> At us, bitch. Thanks for the kind <laughs> review.
1: Thank you
2: so much. Uh, what are we babbling about
1: next week? Next week, we, are ta- we have a two-header for the first time. We're talking Hell about yeah. Unfriended Dark Web and Searching. Mm. Screen movies, Get screen movies, movies. It's the screen
3: slaver episode. <laughs> oh fuck, it is
2: S- screen slaver. <laughs> oh, God.
1: <laughs> I'm Ben Embi. You can find me on Twitter at real Todd Haynes.
3: I'm Daniel Crook. You can find me on the internet at Daniel Crook with Rios. And I hope that Angela Bassett, star of Chirac, gets to go on the mission next time. Uh, Naomi, <sighs> Naomi. Uh, I'm Brandon Kirby. You can find me
2: on Twitter at bk Kirby just cut it, I'm done. The winner
1: is Jane Fonda.
0: Thank you. Thank you very much, members of the Academy, and thank all of you who applauded. There's a great deal to say, and I'm not going to say it tonight. I would just like to really thank you very much.